coming up on this episode of You're Invited. Junior high school, eighth grade uh, uh, civics teacher lived in the house that Lizzie Borden's uh, lawyer had lived in. And, and the attic was full of old court materials that he should not have left there. Freaks, humor geeks, folks whose tongues are in their cheeks. Welcome to the Invitational. Misfits, wags and wits, folks who laugh at naughty bits. Here's a show that's fun and educational. You will meet our leading losers and learn the way they think. Take their tips and maybe you will see your name in ink. Empress Pat, aristocrat, she'll put out the welcome mat, so get in line and file in, soon you will be smiling, welcome to the Invitational. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of You're Invited. We are proud to have loser ranked number 2 of the thousands of people who have gained ink and virtual ink and whatever you call it now over the decades and he goes by many names he goes by kip davenport he goes by granola smear um deviant pork but i think we all know and love him as kevin dopart welcome to the show kevin thank you mike i have email addresses for all those names <laughs> okay well, great as i said you're you're number two overall. which of course in the style of invitational that's yeah. who you want <laughs> right. to be yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> You started in year 13, though. You're relatively late to the game, and then you came on with a fury. So when did you find the, the contest, and how did you find it, and what got you going? Actually, I followed the contest since day one, because we've been living in the area since the early 80s. And I you know, love the humor, always read it, never thought of entering until though I would do similar things on the side and at work to sometime, you know, as you said, around 2005, when my younger daughter was reading it and one of our um, neighbors, former neighbors, uh, was a regular enter, Mark Eckenweiler. And she said, you think you're so funny. How come <laughs> you're never in here? So I took that as a challenge and, and the rest is loser history. Boy, did you show her. Yeah. How old is she now? Um, She is... They're going to be 33 this year. How come she's, does she enter? I can't say she doesn't enter. She has not. Because um, she's been working in other places for years. Uh, uh, my wife and my other daughter have ink with me joining uh, uh, on a few things. So oh, she's nice. the only one, with the, the, the instigator is the only one without loser ink. Tell her to get on the stick. We're, uh, we're waiting for her. After, after yeah, all that. Yeah. People were probably angry with her because um, you tore it up while well, you're still tearing it up. It's like, if you hadn't prodded your dad to do this, we'd be uh, more successful getting entries in. Yeah, there's always going to be somebody. Who do you like? Um, any of the recent people whose uh, whose entries you know speak to you or you find uh, people funny? Uh, the, the newest group, you know, John Carter, it's funny as hell. And um, I've always liked Sam Mert Merton's ones. And then you know, from a few years now, you know, Duncan S Stevens came in and, and Mark Raffman. Love mm -hmm. their work. Yeah, they're, they're killers. Um, so, yeah, you have 1,782 inks as of this last or the last update of uh, NRARS. 
Your biggest year was year 18. You had 160. That's pretty good. Your wins, you're, you're, you're lagging behind on wins. You're only in third place for 36. Mm. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll let that slide. What has been your proudest, if there's any moment that's proud in loser history, but what has been either your best entry, your favorite entry, or your proudest moment or, or biggest accomplishment? Not biggest accomplishment. Um, the, the type of contests I liked, um, and in part because not many people enter, are the ones where we do pictures, you know, pictures and humor. So I tended to get a bit of ink, and those are the ones I have joining for the family members. But my favorite one is one that at the time went all the way up the top. I think Marty Marty Baron was running. Was the the editor of the Post. And it had to go to him because uh, we were doing, actually a couple of them had to go to him that time. We were doing uh, pictures uh, using only food, looking at the previous 10 years of history. And uh, one that was in there and they, they, they spiked it uh, was a picture um, using uh, a bunch of grapes that my daughter and I made little wedding veils on. And we had a big prune as the groom. And do you remember Warren Jeffs, who was a oh, yeah, fundamentalist yeah. Mormon <laughs> yes. who was accused of marrying a bunch of young girls? So we had this picture instead of Warren Jeffs wedding, statutory grapes. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> they, they wouldn't run it. Yeah. Oh, man, that's great. I loved I still have the picture. Um, I vaguely recall that. And it was like such an esoteric contest use food to depict something in the last 10 years of history that's great you know it's yeah and, and uh my daughter and i won um that's with what we did was use a burrito and some blue taco chips and had the burrito falling into the ocean of taco chips uh -huh. and titled that one uh osama bin water uh, uh that's a wrap that's a wrap <laughs> that's all that's awesome um that's great that you got it jointly with your daughter too. That's really cool. What do you think of the new iteration of the contest? I have mixed feelings, uh, one of which I, I, I like having fewer editors involved. You know, Pat and Gene selecting is fine. The, to the extent you enjoy having an audience, yeah, it, it's, it's a different audience and it may grow, but it's less local as I, of course, no longer gonna hear from my neighbors and other people. I said, oh, I saw that thing in the post. Yes. You know, I, I usually, usually they see it when it's pictures, actually. <laughs> but I was uh, talking to my dog in the neighborhood and somebody came running out of their house and said, I'm so sorry. Like, what are you doing with all your your mental energy now? And because she used to see this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Post, and I said, oh, we it's cropped up like in the it's like there's like an underworld, you know, like we um, we've gone rogue, even though the the editors, you know, who run it are back because, but it's through Substack now. And I said, oh, you have to, you have to join Substack. And the thing is, she's like, oh, sure. But then it was, she probably yeah. like, what the heck is Substack? You know, it's like, I'm really going to check this. So, but it's like a closed system now. You don't, you don't get the, you know, people who just, you know, stumble over it. And it's yeah, like the yeah. same few people who are like in the universe. It's harder to get new people. You like this week's contest with the, with the ponies. That's one, you know, anybody Consider an entry. You see a couple of things, come up with a cute idea. Okay. Have the 
email address. Let me send it off. Tell me a little about your background. I was looking on LinkedIn and I had to stop. You stumped me for a second because I thought your most recent job was real. And <laughs> wait a minute, what does that mean? And then I thought, duh, that's just a, a, a cute way of saying he's retired. But tell folks what it says on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, for my final LinkedIn profile, I, I uh, created for him. And technically, I am a consultant, but I don't do much work. Um, is the uh, uh, Director of uh, uh, Peripatetics. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm just traveling, roaming around. And you're, it's it's Director of Roaming, right? So, right. Oh, Director of Roaming, yeah. 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 So when I saw Director of Roaming, I thought, does he do something with like cellular companies or whatever? It's like, wait a minute, duh. You know, he's uh, he's just wandering around. You know, he's enjoying life. Quick overview of my career. I was in the military, flew airplanes, worked on the Hill, um, and then worked as an engineering consultant, primarily related to uh, driverless vehicles, and then went back to the feds as a executive branch person at the Department of Transportation and headed up the uh, automated vehicle research group there uh, for retiring in 2021. You're a DC guy, even though you weren't born to DC, you're definitely a DC guy through and through with like federal jobs and you know, contracts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not not quite revolving door because I've gone from military to congressional to to civil servant, but been around. You made the rounds. So, where did you grow up? Uh, so I grew up in Massachusetts, um, in uh, Fall River, Massachusetts, most famous for uh, Lizzie Borden's Forty and Forty One Wax. Uh, that's a core group of losers. The general area. Chris Doyle was born in the area. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and did he, he do it? He, he, no, no, no. Uh, I meant, did Lizzie Borden do it? Oh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> my uh, junior high school, eighth grade uh, uh, civics teacher lived in the house that Lizzie Borden's uh, lawyer had lived in, and, and the attic was full of old court materials that he should not have left there. So he used them in class for years. Uh, oh, that's, that's... Uh, we spent a week doing Lizzie Borden and the bottom line is that she was guilty as hell. She was the OJ Simpson, Simpson of her time. <laughs> Got off, but guilty as hell. I think you see what if the attic and there's like a bloody ax up there. Whatever, <laughs> like and there's gloves, the gloves that are too small. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if the ax you know didn't split, you must have quit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> If their skulls didn't split, then you must have quit. Wow, that's uh, that's really cool that you got to use those source materials. Yeah, the uh, the 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 axe is in the uh, Forward Museum. So, and you had mentioned earlier, and I picked up on this immediately because I'm a hockey player that you played pond hockey, and then you played high school, and then Division three um, college hockey, and you you kind of um, uh, poo pooed it a little bit. Any college hockey is really good. I mean, some of these Division three teams are, are are very good. Who'd you play for? Yeah, except we weren't big time Division three. Um, we ended up playing small, small schools, community colleges. Uh, I went to MIT. Did um, when you played other teams, did they did they try to get under your skin by calling you eggheads or something, or like? <laughs> uh, rarely. Um, if you're playing teams, no. Late at night, like the MIT rink was an outdoor rink with no no seats. 
So we were places where there weren't many people right. in the games. And we were okay. We were competitive. Um, I, I think we were above 500 most seasons. So uh, we, we stood our ground. So like if you play Bunker Hill Community College, like the guy checked you and say, stick this formula up here, you know. Um. <laughs> there was some. We, we had some chippy games. Uh, like Gene's note the other day about you ever get punched in the face. You play hockey, you get punched in the face all the time. Exactly. And what position did you play? I played right wing. Oh, nice. So you were digging in the corners. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. Our, the MIT rink at the time, uh, instead of glass, it had chain link fence. <laughs> which, which, if you know what that feels like. So <laughs> yes. I knew what to expect, but a lot of the other teams did it. So I knew what to do in the corners. They did a... Um, like a, a spit and bailing wire job on that rink, didn't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, good engineers. They ran the, the ice in the winter off the air conditioning from the, the, the local uh, um, meeting room. Nice. That's uh, <laughs> expect yeah. less. I want to go through last week's or this current week's results. And I know you you're, you appear in there. It was the one where with the, the honeycomb from the spelling bee from... The New York Times, where you had to use yeah, the, yeah, the neologism the other contest. Yeah. I'm just gonna look. I'm just gonna repeat what Pat picked them all this week. Third runner up was Nake, A Week at the Beach with Tiro Twins by Mark Raffman. Number two was um, Attention Poop Top. When you want to start your resignation later, dear shithead, but want to maintain mm -hmm. proper office decorum. That's Duncan. Uh, first runner up. First runner-up was, yeah. uh, was you, I can't believe two different people had this. It's Lady B. Elmo, uh, a plush doll that never made any headway in the market, which is fantastic, by both you and John Carter. Um, and then the winner of the 12 mustaches was Jonathan Jensen, who um, did a song for Femalot. A law was made a distant moon ago here. Your flashes may be warm, but never hot. And menstrual cramps won't ever lay you low here in Femalot. <laughs> that was great yep let's go back and forth you do your four i'll do my four and um we'll see if we overlap and where we end up my fourth um, manaday manaday mama she's ugly and really dumb too but you can still call her by mark raffman it had uh, great alliteration in the name and a little bit about you should call her too and you know your mama joke always is always good Yes, very a, a very deserving one. My fourth one was is Zumbi. What a full day of virtual meetings turns you into, and I think everybody yeah can uh, can relate. And that is by three people: Jesse Frankovich, Jonathan Jensen again, and Leif Picolt. I think that's how you pronounce his name or Picolt. Yeah, I've not met him. Uh, uh, yeah, either of another I, new new funny guy. Yeah, another definitely another new funny guy. Yeah. So, cool. How about your uh, your three? So three uh, is potato uh, potato meadow, which again another good uh, sounding word. Uh, hybrid sauce of fries that already tastes like ketchup. So I thought that one was clever. <laughs> and that's David Garrett, Silver City, uh, Silver City, New Mexico, and Jesse Frankovich. We've got a lot of uh, doubles and triples this this week. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like that idea of French fries that taste like ketchup already because ketchup gets sloppy. 
especially if you have it like in the car and you have to like t- rip that little packet and it gets all over the place. I'm yeah, sure. it just wouldn't work you no know, in the in the presidential Oval Office. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, my number three, probably because it hit so close to home, is someone who's been on this show also, Beverly Sharp, gag flop. <laughs> the sound of <laughs> entry as a bison dust. You know, the difference between very clever wit and hilarity on one side and then just a wretched you know, stupidness or, or not, you know, not being very funny on the other hand is a line that I'm usually on the wrong side on. So I, I know that gag flop feeling and that sound. Now for my number two, and you can tell me what the rules are on here. I, I had um, uh, Femalot as number two, because I just thought that was... Nope, that's good. good. And, and, and I didn't put it number one, um, just because I'm being a purist here, and it didn't have a definition. It was by far the, the funniest, um, so it deserves to be selected by Pat for number one. But for me, neologism should have a definition. Um, I, I perfectly understand that. I love... Jonathan Jensen's stuff. He's a great guy and a great musician. The the musical lyrics, though, you know, I don't usually don't pick because they're not, I don't know, it's not punchy enough. Or I like the shorter ones that are just pack a pack a you know, pack a punch. So even if you make my top four, it doesn't make a difference who the heck am I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's just get that straight. But my number two was Pat's number two, which was yours. Sorry, I'm just screwing. John, John Carter. Oh, yeah, John Carter. Thank you. <laughs> and that, did you read what Pat wrote about that? On uh, I think it was, it was either on. Yeah, that Gene had to hang up. Yeah. Yes, tell, to read it. describe that to the, uh, to the audience, please. What, how Gene. I don't know if I can remember. I just read it quickly. And I was when they were, um, Reading it, he was laughing so much he had to hang up and call her back. And call back. That's yeah. that. That's hard to do. That's you know. That's you know. Somebody can't catch their breath, and they literally have to hang up the phone and take a few minutes to uh, to you know to recover. And, and, that, and that's one that never would have made it in the Washington Post. Yes, that's true. Uh, would have made it clo- anywhere near the Washington Post. I remember buying the Tickle Me Elmo dolls for my kids when they were little. And there was one that there was an Elmo doll that stood up even like, I forget what that was called. Stand up Elmo or whatever. But um, you know what? Could be the probably, alternate name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I'm sure there's someone who's created some sort of um, sex doll with wholesome characters. I don't yeah. even want to go further than this because anyway, great great entry and so um what was your number one I'll go to number one to my top pick and again i edited out because i had a bunch of florida entries all of which could have been in my top four but i wanted to limit to one florida and fetal motel was it was in florida it's pithy nice definition in florida a legal term for women um thank you and that's by sam mertens um, I think it sums up Florida quite well, and and it's a nice, catchy concept. And 
very worthy. So worthy, in fact, that I also picked it as my number one completely. <laughs> so you know it's good. Yes. You know, just the idea of, of the motel, the transients yep. of a motel and like, you know, a woman is like, all right, you know, you could park here for a while. You know, you can stay here for a while and, you know, in and out kind of thing and uh, treating them like, you know, um, you know, commerce or whatever. Yeah. So, and just the concept of motels in Florida, just. Yeah, exactly. Hotels, right. So Sam Merton's Silver Spring, you're really, um, that was an impressive um, feat. Um, good. I, I agree with the great Kevin Dopart. That's um, that, that's a rare um, uh, bit of synchronicity with my guest. So, yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, Cassie, no. Way back when, a few of us at times have gotten to judge the Invitational. So when when I passed a thousand inks, I got to had the option to judge a contest, and it's hard. It's mm -hmm. hard to do, and you realize your selection. I, I you know I made my list of whatever the top sixty, um, and um, my wife didn't agree with any of them. <laughs> um, but but my old daughter who was in the area at the time agreed with most. So it it depends what you, you know exactly what angle you're willing to take, and and that's the same thing here. I I definitely lean toward humor that can be on Substack more than the post. <laughs> Do you remember what contest it was that you judged? I I got to create my own contest. Um, so it was a neologism contest uh, where. I was reaching 1K and my first name starts with K. So the neologism contest is take any word and add one or more Ks. And that was fairly simple. And you get a you know, neologism contest, you get you know, many hundreds. Uh, it was over a thousand um, entries. I think we had 1,200. And then Pat sent them to me with no names. And, and it took quite a while to <laughs> sift through them and brought it down to you know, the top 100 or so. And or 150, and then worked down to 60, and gave her that sent her 40, actually. And then did she pick the top four? Or did you pick those together? No, I picked. Uh, I picked oh, you picked it completely. Yeah, yeah. If there was some okay. editing issue or sensitivity with the post, uh, it would have been off. But no, well, she it just took the the week off totally and let it let it go. Uh, that's her reward, quote unquote reward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get off the hook. Do you remember what won? The winner that week was by Kristen Rahman, who has still been entering. And it was, sorry, I kissed you, uh, instead of sorry, I missed you. Mm -hmm. the, the while you were out note circulated in the office the day after the holiday party. <laughs> That's good. What I did like is the end last, which was Kev Inc. So my name with the K, Kev Inc. And it was, uh, the, the definition was, if you didn't get it, I didn't get it. The K, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was like the post, the old post, if you don't get it, uh, right. you, you don't get it. So this is one, if I didn't get the joke, you didn't get ink. Exactly. By um, uh, Lydia Cade? Yeah, she was, that was a, the only first offender that week. Wow, cool. It probably makes you feel good that you, you got a new person in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're at the end of our time, but this was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, thanks Kevin. so much, Mike. This yep. was fun. 
be our guest, be our guest, come back soon as we suggest. Your invited is excited when you join our Chatterfest. Get the dirt, get the scoop, while we're joking about poop, or our leader's latest gaffin', or some puns to leave you laughing. Did Bob Stack talk some smack? Did the czar give us some flack? Were there entries from last week that we have blessed? Tune in to hear some more about our invite lore. Come be our guest, be our guest, be our guest. Sarah Walsh plays a game. Jeff and Eldon, they're not lame. Let Chris Doyle and Danielle Nowlin leave you howling just the same. Learn the myth of Chuck Smith, jokes that wow you with their pith. Duncan Stevens, he's amusing. And Bev Sharp, she wins by losing. Just stay tight with the vite where the Empress keeps it light. And the losers hope she's suitably impressed. Come on and lend an ear, cause you're invited here to be our guest. Be our guest, be our guest.